Coming at you from Scratchable Studio, it's that time again to rage across the internet. Your very favorite Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast. As always, I'm your host, Porter. To my left, it's the man himself, Mr. Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. How's it going, brother? Going well. Alright, and joining us once again, yeah. coming in remotely, our buddy TC Lyric. What's up, TC? Yo, good to be here. That was great to have you. You doing alright? Yeah, I'm alright. Back to back, and uh, slowly creeping up on uh, Grant's record. So I think this ties the record. Grant's on four. This will be number three for Lyric here. Oh, shit. How do you feel about that, man? You want that title? Is this number three, or is this number four for me? It's number three. I don't know how to count. Well, apparently, neither do I, but that's okay. I, I went to school for anthropology, not math. There you go. <laughs> Danny himself, he's uh, he graduated the finest clown college here in the, here in the United States. I did, huh? Okay. Yeah. What? Yeah, you did. I don't remember. I blacked out. Porter stands behind you with a baseball bat. Just, <laughs> yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did, goddammit. You go with this bit or else. <laughs> or else. I will turn this show around, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I want to start over. So, welcome welcome to the show, everybody. Yep. <laughs> if this is your first time, hey, enjoy. Yeah, please, <laughs> I hope you enjoy, and welcome. Yes, welcome for sure. You know, this is the show where we uh, pick a topic about World of the Apocalypse and discuss it and uh, have some fun in the meantime. So, a little something for the new people. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Really enough, there's always new people who just kind of randomly show up. Yeah, I feel it's, uh, I should address them every now and then, make sure uh, cool they feel welcome, that. right? Yeah. Welcome to new people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially the ones who are like, yeah, I just saw you, I just found you like two weeks ago and I'm catching up, like... Holy hell, man, there's like 80-something episodes. <laughs> You're catching up all those? Yeah, we're good getting, on you. We're getting pretty close to 100. <laughs> oh, boy. we got to reach out to uh, Mr. I, I don't know special about guest here. So. I, we're reaching up on 100. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> fine. All right, we're going to leave it there. Got it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yep, we're here. Yes. We got another show. All right. So, hey, the, some little current events. The uh, apocalyptic record. Is uh, I mean, obviously that Kickstarter got fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's doing well, so that's gonna so, so good on them. Yep, that's gonna happen. Uh, we're not talking about it yet. We we've been really busy, frankly. Yeah, we've got other shit like, to do. So like far. like flat out, we haven't had time to read the trend to to talk about it yet. But <laughs> we'll get there. Oops, we've got the break coming up. So yes, the break, uh, which just means nothing to you guys. We're, we'll still have episodes because what we're going to be doing starting in November. Yes. We'll be airing every other week. The first four. The four-parter, First Chronicle, Tom and I have got to run under Porter as the storyteller. I'm into the breach, and those are our first four postmortems. So we'll be releasing those to you guys every other week starting in November. So we a little breathing room and can have like Thanksgiving and Christmases. (laughs) Or maybe just one of those. Wow. Well, last year... (laughs) <laughs> Last year we didn't think it through too well. No, we didn't. So let's record a few extras so we have like really? the New Year's break. And what did we do? We recorded on New Year's Day. Yep. <laughs> Good news, we don't have to record on Christmas Eve. I fucking hope not. <laughs> we had to record New Year's Day. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Didn't think it through. So we're doing that. Um, now the reason we're doing that though is one, obviously, a little break for us. You know, the four-parter, every other episode. At the same time, if you like what you hear with those postmortems, that's going to give you the opportunity because 
Why, Porter? Well, because starting in December, I know we talked about it in a previous episode about doing it for Halloween, because mm-hmm. we love Halloween so much, but we decided to push the promo, the little catch-up promo, on our Patreon to December, so you guys could get a taste of those postmortems yeah. to see if that's something you want to get in on. And it's something you want to get in on, but if you haven't heard it, you don't know that yet. Exactly. And, and so, we thought, how shitty would it be if like, we did that promotion and then aired the first four for free? <laughs> Like, oh man, I wish I had known about this a month ago. So, yep. <laughs> so, again, you get to hear those for free. And if you like what you hear, then that promo for The Guilty comes up. And that's our nine parter that we're currently in for the Patreons of Tier 2. That's right. In fact, um, part eight just landed for those guys. Or is or, about to land. Or is about to land. Depends on the week. But. Yeah. Well,. Right now, this is the last week of Halloween. Yes, and happy Halloween, everybody. That's important. And next week is no longer Halloween. Bummer. Yeah, I don't like that. So, again, it all depends on if we decide we're going to release the last of the Patreon rewards this weekend, or if we already did it last weekend. Which, yeah. (laughs) Some of you will see. (laughs) Some of you. And hopefully more of you. <laughs> right? You know, we just thought it'd be a great way to give you guys a sample of what we do. And then the catch-up. So we start that promo. You know, if you sign up to the Patreon, you'll get all of the guilty. So you'll be all caught up to where we get into the next one. <laughs> Think about that. That's a crazy promo, though. Uh, nine-parter. These guys waited like nine months to get these in row. Right? <laughs> what, do you, what do you think, Lyric? I think it's a good opportunity for people. I mean... It's like an extra episode every month, so I think it's great. Yeah, they're going to get it all dropped on them at one time. That's a lot, that's a lot to sit through. So it's, it's actually pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that's got to be close to 12 hours of content. Yeah, at least. So you figure the average episode is about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what our last one, as far as running time, is yet. I haven't recorded it, but it's that'll probably be longer. No, the previous one than that, then. Because it hasn't been edited. As yeah. of... Now. Yeah, keep, right. that, keep that under your hat. All right, all right. Sometimes you guys oversell. <laughs> Fair. Where did you start? It was so good. I saw God. Don't tell them that. No, it's Tell not them it was happened. okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's um, that's through our Patreon, and that's a phenomenal way. It's a big way to help and support our show. Right. Keep us up and running. You know, we got the three tiers, you know, the $5 tier. Where you get our gamer tags to, to help with our RAI gaming video gaming team. Which is awesome, by the way. I love doing it. <laughs> yeah, we just started doing that. Also, you get the invite to the monthly hangout. You know, the $10 tier, which of course is the postmortems. And then the 25 tier is, you know, all of that included. And then the character uh, NPC of the Month Club. Yep, your character right up. Directly. Brand new yeah, a, a, versions. Yeah, uh, an idealized version, I guess, the best version. Yeah. From, from my personal character Bible, for you to use as you see fit. <laughs> Those are so much fun to read. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know about envy, yeah, because I'm, you put a lot of work into those. I do. A lot of effort, and I anxiously wait, but I also know how hard you are working on it, so it's like I sometimes feel bad that I'm, like, pushing you, like, is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> like, I'll talk about it. <laughs> Just doing that manager thing, right? I, I guess. Roughly, yeah. <laughs> but that's our Patreon. Yep. Um, you know, and if you don't have uh, or don't have the money or don't want to, I mean, that's 
valid, yeah, too. completely understandable. You know, there are other ways to help us, and mainly that's getting the word out. Telling people about the show, boosting us on social media when you can, which we don't love, but it's part of the world now, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's how the world is, so... <laughs> But, you know, the more more people we can get out there, too, the more people who can hear the show, hopefully fall in love with the show as much as we love the show, and everything gets, just everything gets better. Yes. Everything. Spread the word, share the love, let the people know we're here for them. Now I dig it. All right, cool. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it. All right, we got a show. Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's do the show. <laughs> so today, I thought we would talk about a little bit of uh, world building. Right. Obviously. You know, you have listeners, there's a lot of storytellers with different amounts of experience. You know, especially the the newer storytellers. They lean on the stuff from the book, and there's nothing wrong with that, I want to be clear. You know, that, that meta plot is there for a reason. Sure, use it. But yeah, fuck yeah. You know, the Scepter of the Blood Fist exists. Scepter of the Bygone Vision, use that shit. Cool. But also, making stuff your own. Yeah, I mean, you're the storyteller for a reason. You get to use that creativity to build your world in your head and share that to your group. Bring your vision out to that pack. And so that's what we're here to do today. I'm excited. <laughs> Lyrics, how are you feeling about it? I feel real good about this. I feel real good. Where do we want to start, though? What, what part of the world do we want to build first? Well, see, I was thinking about that because we had the idea for the show. Like, okay, so what angles can we do that? So let's just build a ganger. Uh, we definitely can. Um, and we can use that and then build out from there. I, I think uh, building care, I think that's a great idea. That's yeah, something we will do. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, TC. I mean, building cairns is certainly something that I uh, have a hard time with. And a lot of it's because I I actually struggle with character names. You know, making up names on the fly. I can make up a character, like personality and everything else like that. But uh, just coming up with a name. That's why one of my NPCs was named Ted. Because it just, uh, hey, hey, here's Ted. All right. It's like, what's Ted. his background? Oh, uh, you know what? It's fine. He's Ted. <laughs> You know, we have a Ted in our games as well. Yes, yes there is a Ted. Ted Collins. <laughs> I heard you, Ted's a really good guy. No. No, you did not hear that at all. Ted, Ted's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, Ted's a weirdo. I, um, if you heard but, that, you I, were talking to probably Ted himself. Or a liar. <laughs> or a He's liar. got a lustrous pelt that's all the same color and definitely doesn't look like, like quilt work. That's definitely true in one of his iterations, yes. <laughs> <laughs> he he definitely didn't poison his cousin in their pack. Definitely didn't and do huh? stuff. And do stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. So <laughs> in different iterations of your game, Ted is a skin dancer. I don't know what led you to believe that. Right, do so, I need to circle back to um, the different cults? <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird game. So so if you're starting with a Karen then. Not, not to cut you guys off. Sorry about that. No, yeah. please go. Uh, but, but You've been here. If you start with the care, do you start with the totem or do you start with the territory? Uh, for me, I start with the territory. It makes the most sense. Yeah. It's, Again, you can start from center and then build out from there. Kind of, yeah. You consider the purpose of the care. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean that in terms of like what type of care it is, but what you're building it for. Is it more of a stronghold? Is it just well, a forward... Area just for everyone to meet real fast. Wait, is this is this a temporary thing that I want the players to be at for a little bit? Is this a place where I want it to be focal to the game for a while, uh, long term, short term? Again, you think of the geography. You know, I am a big proponent 
and I cannot stress this enough, do not set the game in your backyard. Oh, no, no, yeah, we, we've said this before. But and, like, well, I'm saying it again. Especially it, for the newer yeah, like, storytellers. Because yeah. what happens <laughs> is you want to change the geography to fit your needs, and you have every right to as a storyteller. By all fucking means, do that. But the problem is, if your pack knows the area, whether <laughs> it doesn't matter how hard they are in character, when they hear a detail that is wrong, their brains will automatically break character and correct you, whether they say something or not. So you're already fucking with immersion. Don't do it. I agree. Use the same layout and just call it something else somewhere else. <laughs> I'm just imagining our backyard, quote unquote, here, and then you would call it a different name, and I would laugh. Jacobsburg, Ohio. <laughs> sure. But see, you don't know where the fuck, you don't know if that's a real place or not. No, I don't. <laughs> I have no idea. So, I mean, you want that first, and then you want to know... Again, is, is it going to be a city cairn? Is it going to be more rural? Those, those are the first questions you need to ask. All right. Well, let's let's decide this pack. Not not just the pack, but is this a tribal-focused cairn? Or is this a multi-tribal cairn? I think that probably also goes in with territory. Okay. Some needs of the game. Let's, let's go with a multi. Okay. Just because that tends to be easier. Well, not only that, but probably happens more often. It's definitely in my game. So the mileage may vary. We've talked to people where it's the exact opposite. Yeah, or good I have. point. Good point. I, I like the idea of a lot more mutt cairns and then just a, like a like a centralized one or two that belong single because mm-hmm. it's just there's not enough garu around. Sure. I, I like the singular tribal cairns, if only because of the, the, the use of like delegations and things like that. I, I don't know. I, I think that world's interesting to me. Well, I don't dislike them. I just, again, with, with my vision of the world of darkness, it's like, you know, we got a cairn here, but finally get a Fenris started it, but there aren't 30 get around to occupy it. So, you know what? Yeah, the, the Atena and the uh, the Fianna, they're going to come over here and help too. Cause we, well, being we fair, like, none of my stuff's set in the 90s, so I, I forget these things. Like, uh, yeah, this uh, the, the population isn't as relevant to me as it would be for someone in the 90s. That's true. And I mean, that's another thing is when you're setting your game. Yeah. Is another factor. Obviously, good point. Okay, so we can stick to our own here, just for sake of ease. Yeah, it's my show. It's going to be the '90s, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, and a multi-tribal, multi-tribal, because again, this gives us more to play with, and it caters to a multi-tribal pack. Correct. You know, if you got a group of PCs, and this is going to be your home set, you want ideally to have representations of every tribe that your players have in that cairn. That would make the most sense. You have a group of friends who all want to... They're not going to all pick the same tribe. I mean, it happens, but I'm, more often than not. More yeah, often than you're not, right. correct. So, Lyric, we have a multi-tribe cairn. Where? Mm-hmm. Let's say Pacific Northwest. Okay. All right. So now we need to decide so, the purpose. We have location. Let's go with purpose. Home. Uh. Okay. I was going to say war. Oh, we can still go the route. So, like, a sept under attack? And more like they're targeting something specific, because what's in the Seattle area? Like, with, without linking to major real-world things, uh, you have several several large companies exist out there, several large companies that could be wormish in the world of darkness, so maybe they're taking the fight there. There's also a lot of uh, forest around Seattle as well. So, plenty of spaces for them to set up shop and be within a half a day's drive to the enemy. Well, first off, I want to say I love that you said Pacific Northwest and immediately went to specifically Seattle. Because as soon as you said Pacific Northwest, I thought, yeah, let's do Seattle. 
<laughs> there, there's a lot of good fodder there. We're, we're set in the 90s. I, yeah, I like the I like the constant rain motif. We can maybe work that into the sept and also grunge. Okay, I get. Yes. Okay, nah, I get you. Yeah, you see, yeah, I immediately I went to Seattle. Yeah. Okay. I, I, gotcha. I can really work that. You can really work that grunge scene into the aesthetic of the game. That, that works. That absolutely works. And also starts to buy a soundtrack. Ooh, which is huge for you. Yes. Music is a massive source of inspiration for me. So to have it right now, now you have the built-in soundtrack of the early grunge movement. Okay. Is it is it all a perfect circle? See what you did there. <laughs> See what you did there. I, I tried so hard <laughs> not to laugh. Well you done. son of a bitch. Well done. I, I give it to you. <laughs> all right. So we're going with Seattle. Yep. We want to make it home, but we also want to make it, this is probably... No, we, you see, that's the thing, is we can absolutely do both. When I say home, I mean, like, it's going to be a long-term. Right. You know, not not a five stories, then you're done. Okay. That this would be the, the focal cairn of this group for the foreseeable future. Okay. So we it's... can absolutely keep the war moved, absolutely. But it's also, even when that, you know, in war, war will happen for a long time, so it's still going to be home. Right. It would, in the idea, when I say that, the importance of that means now we have to flesh this place out enough. Correct. Because if you're only going to be there for five or six stories... No one's... Yeah, you don't care what's there. Right. You can really get fuzzy on the details. A little fuzzy, pixelated edges. No one's going to notice because you're going to be gone before too long. But if it's home... You flesh need, it out. Yeah, you need those NPCs there. You need to know who they are. You need to build that sept properly and flesh those characters out because, again, you're theoretically waking up every day in that sept. Uh, assuming so. Again, yeah. this is home, so right. where else would you go? Right. So I'm saying if we're going to build one, let's fucking build one. Okay. Now, I like what Lyric just said. There's plenty of forests out there, but it's still half a drive with any rural area going for some kind of attack towards the enemy. Mm-hmm. So let's go in the middle of the forest. I'm down. I think it's all rainforest, there, isn't it? I think it's not rainforest. tropical rainforest. It's um, <laughs> okay. uh, I don't want to call it like Arctic, but uh, there's a that does, term doesn't matter. Term doesn't yeah. matter. Um, it's, it's forested and rains a lot. We know those things. Yes. Okay. So that's easy because now you can use all the trees for rain cover, especially if again we're looking at nineties. So there's not too much on uh, satellite imagery, but well, and then also. Let's use the rain to our advantage. Okay. And, and work something akin to that into the totem. Maybe okay. fog, maybe grandfather thunder, maybe, maybe, maybe something weather related. All right, Lyric, throw your first choice out there. So I'm thinking trapdoor spider. Which is a weather condition we all know well. Um, what, yeah, uh, everybody knows it rains spiders. That's right. So tell us about trap choice. <laughs> yeah, tell us about trapdoor spider. Why trapdoor spider? So it's a lot of. Laying traps, right? The trapdoor spiders are patient. They hang out in the holes. They pop the little door open. They grab whatever and they drag it back down and kill it. Since you want a cairn in the forest surrounding the enemies, not surrounding the enemies, but you know you're you're within striking distance of them. They don't necessarily know you're there. There's a lot of open woods and your wolves. There is any opportunity for you to just lash out and grab them and catch them unawares. You don't necessarily need to come to them. You catch convoys as they're going out. You you can cripple them by setting up a pretty effective net in the woods. Yeah, I think I think that entire theme works really well for that. We'll run with it. I like it. And that's a totem of war, correct? He is. All right. So that those two things right now are going to influence the mood of the cairn. Correct. Now we have our home, we have the purpose, and we know it's a totem of war. Right. So 
obviously you're, it's going to be is a a Karen war. So it's going to be more violent. It's going to be more of a tense atmosphere. Oh, probably. Yeah. Some kind of training at all times. Probably. You figure the nature of the trapdoor spider. So it's also going to be uh, maybe we we'll use the term a lower war. Okay. Not sure what you mean. Skullduggery, more skullduggery, uh, more and more backstabbing, conniving. Ah, okay. I get where you're going. Which automatically, I feel that lends itself toward a larger Shadow Lord population. <laughs> I was seeing it, yep. But you see, you when, when we talk about world building, you take those steps and you go, okay, you know, it's the if then. It's the logical conclusion. Does this mean there can't, can't be, you know, have a heavy, get a Fenris presence or a Fianna presence or sure. a Child of Gaia presence? Certainly it could. But you're making the, the, the dot connections here. Yeah, we're making we're making the leaps now, and things can be tweaked and revised as we need them to be. Okay. See, I was going to jump for uh, Red Tail and Ragabash as a Sept Elder. Interesting. Tell me why. Well, the uh, scouty nature of the Ragabash, plus the use of the natural forest and natural, like, like Red Talons being all lupus, would have a natural stalking ability that, you know, let's face it, hobbits can tend to be city wolves. Well, that's true, but also the Red Talons are... Probably easily the most direct of all of the tribes. You know, the, the Ragabash don't have a whole lot of, um, well, even as a Ragabash, they, they don't have a whole lot of love or even understanding of some of that. For the multi-tribal? Well, no, for, for the more conniving nature of things. Okay. I think we talked about, like, in the Red Towns episode, like, they're not super clear on lies. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. And so I'm, not, I'm definitely not discounting a Red Talon presence. No. But if we're going the indirect path here, which is the lends opposite. itself to Trapdoor Spider, right? Yeah, if it's the indirect path with Trapdoor Spider, that's really not the direction of your general Red Talons, right? But now let's say we do have a Red Talon in that pack, so we need the Red Talon presence. Sure. So, and again, I want to leave in the Shadow Lords at least as the maybe quote dominant force. Maybe the original force, <laughs> however you want to call it. Fair. But then, yeah, they bring in the local red talents. So now we're already starting to build a mixed tribe sept. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see it. You know, you don't necessarily need the whole backstory if you don't want it. I mean, eventually you should have it. Yeah, why not? But maybe this was something that the, the red talents originally had and they were on the verge of losing and the Shadow Lord stepped in and helped them save it. You know, maybe it was going to be uh, mowed, mowed down and made into a uh, Tower Records, and they said, damn the man, save the umpire, and there we go. <laughs> and look at that, now you have some backstory. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at Tower Records and Empire. And... <laughs> it was a beautiful reference. I know it was. <laughs> I was impressed. <laughs> well done. It's like, and you know I don't plan this shit. No, of course not. <laughs> So, like, you've got that already. Yes. Right? And maybe, yeah, for shits and grins, let's throw the children guy in there. Let's say a part of that whole process of saving that land involved having a bunch of child guy kinfolk or what have you come out there and make protests and shit. Well, it is Seattle. Okay. Right? Even better. So, boom, there's three tribes. Okay. Cool. This also now informs what our elders look like. Ooh. So, uh, the children are Gaia. So, so you... Shadow Lord. Right. And the Red Tail. <laughs> you get your Ragabash Red Talon on the Council of Elders. Let's do a Child of Gaia Ahram. Cool idea. No, I'm starting to see it in my head. Yeah, I like yeah. this. And uh, how about a Shadow Lord Thurge? Okay. Just happens to be a Thurge? Yeah. I mean, it could what be if it's a Shadow Lord Galliard? I mean, I, Interesting. 
I don't see why you couldn't even have both. Well, I mean, certainly you're going to have to populate this place with Garu. Right. So oh, you can. As far as the elders, though. Right, 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 right. I, I guess, um, why, why are you here? Because of the nature of using, um, yeah, like the Children's of Gaia's uh, protesters and stuff, someone who can do a rally and cry. Someone, someone who would unify everybody to drive forward. Because that um, one of the Galliard's war points is doing that war call. Okay. Now I was leaning Thurge because I feel that a, and I mean, you could, you could do both easily, mm-hmm. that the Thurge would be helpful in terms of Cairn defenses. Where could some of that creative, really nasty shit? All right, let's go with that. You know, around around the bond, and again, this would reflect back to back to, to Trapper Spider. Yes, that's yeah. why I thought you were going with it. Yeah, you know, if you, if you want somebody, you know, I think I think back to um, you know, we're, we're jumping somewhere else sure. here, but to there was the the DC Comics uh, miniseries Identity Crisis. The, the, the premise of it isn't super important. Someone was killing the family members of superheroes. Oh, and <laughs> there there's a scene. There's there's this point in it where there it's the first crime scene. And I think it's uh, Green Arrow or someone is going to inspect the crime scene, and you get the the narration, and he's talking about the security systems. And he goes apocalyptic and Thanagarian, Kryptonian, Atlantean, the mystical stuff, the best security in the world, plus the really scary stuff that Bruce came up with. <laughs> and was, was the of, killer actually Bruce in a jealous rage because he has no family? No, <laughs> not at all. And I'm not going to give it away because it's a pretty good miniseries. But I, you but, told me about this, and it took me a second to realize what you were saying. Yeah, with the really scary stuff that Bruce came up with. Right. And I've always equated, like, if the DC Universe were the Gyro Nation, Batman would be a Shadow Lord. Bottom line. Oh, by far. <laughs> so I always kind of think about, like, a, a Shadow Lord Thurge is that guy, you know, and the really nasty shit Butchers in the Shadows came up with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be my first guess, too. So that's why I grabbed that. That's why I went there with it. No, I get it. With the Thurge using the spirits for more of the defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you said it was more of a Shadow Lord dominant, so maybe you do have that Galliard in there. Shadow Lord Galliard. You can do both. Uh-huh. That's four. Do we want to go a... I don't remember what the word is for having all five, but do we want to put in a, a Philodox in there? Well, you want... You definitely want that in a Council of Elders. Agreed. Well, does the Elders have to be five? Doesn't it doesn't have, to, have be. to be, but... I mean, if we're building this, we can do whatever we want. Right? <laughs> well, <laughs> and how Philodox... big of a cairn are we building? Like, what's what's the scope here? Well, they, that well, was going to be the next question, yes. so yeah, let's talk about that. Well, you tell us, how, how large how large is the population in, in terms of Garu in your world at that point? I tend to err on the smaller side, just because it keeps that apocalyptic feel. Okay. That's fair. But, like, so the cairn I'm using for Viking Age is level one, which I think is, what, like, ten Garu? In total? Something like that. Yeah, it's real small. But this is going to be set outside Seattle. So There's probably more people I, I guess for the, for the purpose of this, we could probably go level level four. That's, uh... Or is that a little bigly? That's what she said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a mile away. I couldn't... <laughs> I had to do it. Swing! Is it? <laughs> Came out of miss. Fall tip. <laughs> Said that, too. Yep, I know. <laughs> Great. Just uh, <laughs> lobbing it back up for you. All right, well, it's, um, I mean, it, it's obviously a loftier goal, and we're looking at what, uh, between maybe 30, 40? I was going to say, if it were, you said a level one, it would probably be close to around 10. Well, there's a chart somewhere, but also, fuck off, it's whatever we want. Exactly. So, let's, yeah, let's, let's call it 
in the middle, we'll go with 35 Garu here. All right. And again, that's substantial. Mm-hmm. So that gives you enough that everyone can have a set position. Correct. Uh, so we should probably go five or six of the Council of Elders, including the, you know, the leader of the council. Fair. If that's how we want it to run, and let's let's just do that for the sake of simplicity. Sure. You're going to want a couple Guardian packs at that point. Yes. And I mean, you're, you need them, because now to fill out the numbers. Correct. But also the size of the bond. Bond patrols of that force is going to be pretty extensive, isn't it? It can be, definitely. And I mean, that's why you're going to have those multiple Guardian packs. You're probably going to want... I mean, you'd want at least one on duty at all times, probably two with the size of the can. I'd say, yeah, one on... Each cover and a halfsy. Yeah, exactly. Each get a half. So you have two Guardian packs at all times. So so you have four Guardian packs, two on duty at all times. It works for me. We're going to call it 20 Garo. Sure. Wow. So that's giving you 15 more. Five for your Elders, which means we need... How many more do we need? We have four. We have the Shadow Lord, Galliard, and Thurge. Right. The Ragabash Red Talon. Well, the and... numbers can fudge a little bit. Okay. But the point is, okay, you have four Guardian Packs. Let's call that 20. That's half of the that's half of the Sept entirely. Uh-huh. All right. 25 with the Council of Elders. Again, we're just... Yeah. Call it a five for simplicity. Sure. All right. So you have maybe uh, two Questing Packs. Maybe three each. Three members each. I'd like to get... Uh, what about a Monkey Wrencher Pack? Questing Pack. We can count that as a Questing Pack, though. Okay. I mean, okay. sure, but just for the, you know, mm-hmm. just right now to keep it simple. Yep. Okay. You know, you don't want to get too complicated because you're still building the bones of the place. Correct. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, you do, let's say, three questing packs plus the players. And I believe that's 40, unless I really don't know numbers. That's that's close enough. How about that? <laughs> Fudging for, yeah, whatever. Right. I get that. Two questing packs plus players. So, what are the players doing? No, 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 no. Three questing packs. Oh, shit. Okay. Plus players. Then, yeah, you're looking at 40 plus. You're right. So two questing packs plus players. Okay, we'll go. Right. go two questing packs plus players. Well, and that's the thing is that you, we need to know this because you have to build those characters now. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. You can't just go pack bees over here or whatever. No, that, no you're going to run into those people, and they have to matter. Yeah, especially if we're calling this home. Right. This matters. You're waking it. up there every fucking day. You can't not know who lives with you. You might not like them all. Right, that's fine, too. It, which probably would make more sense. You're going to butt heads with probably at least one other person there. Right, if maybe. not an entire pack. Exactly. And that's something I was going to bring up once we start designing those guys. And maybe that's where we go to next, TC? Designing the bad guys? No, no, the the, the members of the Sept. Yeah, but maybe another right. pack that the players are butting heads with. Oh, that's bad guys. No, <laughs> no it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be. Um, no, we're still building the Cairn here. Yeah, we're, we're talking home. about another allied pack in the Sept that are like rivals. They don't get along. You know, I would I would offer, and this is something I never fleshed out, but the Joker's Wild Pack. A pack full of Ragabash. <laughs> I'm sure they butt heads with everybody else. <laughs> right. You know, you make that you make that pack a similar age and experience to your players. And then you know what I think of is the uh what is what is Roshan's nemesis from Breathe Deeply? It's a Shadow Lord pack, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't remember. I haven't read Breathe Deeply in a while. But read Breathe Deeply, people, that's a good book. Russian worms the shit. <laughs> okay, it's uh they're they're in the sept of war in the Amazon, and like his pack's going to go do something, and there's a pack of shadow lords that's just constantly shitting on him all the time. But see, and then that's there you go. That's what I'm talking about. Is you know? that motivation then? Yeah, they're not bad guys. They're just not your friends. <laughs> hmm. They're still they're still on the same team. They just they hate assholes, each other, right? 
You know, so yeah, like I, I, I offer up that pack of Ragamesh, for example, the Joker's Wild Pack. You know, you make them about the same age, same experience, and then have that antagonistic relationship. You know, maybe they're the glory hounds, or they, you know, I heard you fucked up that job, stupid, nice work. Because not everyone's friends. You know, maybe uh, their alpha is connected to one of the elders. Uh-huh. You know, so it gives them a little more pull, or at least they, they think they get a little more, they get a little more leeway to be an asshole. I was going to say that. Exactly. So, so are they all Shadow Lords? They, again, that can be another mixed. I don't see why not, but they're all going to be Ragamesh. Yeah, but they're all, that's the, for me, that was the thing with the Joker's Wild, is yeah, they're all, they're all Ragamesh. Okay. I like that. You know, I mean, I got this, your mileage can vary, there's just a freebie, everybody. <laughs> what if the pack alpha is an insufferable child of Gaia? Perfect. Okay. Done. <laughs> what no. if nothing? That's facts now. <laughs> are you talking about that Joker's Wild <laughs> pack, or are you talking about the player pack? Uh, the, the Joker's Wild pack. Okay. That's fair. I mean, if the players want to play an insufferable child of Gaia, yeah. Yeah, but um, no, I was thinking like like someone who's so absolutely sure that the way they're doing things is the right way to do it, that they're just immediately superior to you in every way, like that kind of attitude. But from a child of Gaia, so it's got that like, my pacifism is right kind of like tinge to it. Like most of them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, look, I disrupted the supply line by putting caltrops in the road and nobody died. Huh, what did you do? You ate a person, loser. I gave a rousing speech and then you killed the bad guys. Ugh. <laughs> Uncultured. That's what that is. Right. <laughs> I think we lost but I also like the idea of guy as, like, antagonists. No, I like that, too. Um, they don't have to be quote-unquote antagonists there, but they have that antagonist nature, because again, well, yeah. they're... We're, yeah, they're we're, not villains, they're yeah. antagonists. We're, we're butting heads. What if they were, though? What if what if Joker's Wild mm. is a five-man pack of Children of Gaia that are all Camp of Eternal Peace? I mean, I mean they can be. I, I think the worthier part here is we have a whole set to develop here. Right. Right, right. Like, right. I think the Sorry, part I was, is, no, I was it's, excited. It's cool, and, and take it and run, but... There's more to build. Yeah, we have more to do. We have more <laughs> shit to do. <laughs> right. Um, All right. So we have our questing packs. Yeah. We have our player packs, and we have their antagonists. Yeah, they're the rival pack. The rival pack. You know, and that that would be like another questing pack because obviously you want your players to be a questing pack, so they're out there doing shit. I was gonna suggest that too. But say you now you look at your different types. You, you you're gonna want a group again. We have that rivals, the similar age rivals. You could have a pack that was. Uh, much like the uh, Silver Star for you guys, Danny. Uh-huh. Someone that's kind of slightly like a older, slightly older brother. Correct. They've, they've had a year or two more in the shit, and they're looking out for you because they're still about the same age. Yep. Yeah. They, they know what we're going through because they just did it. Right. You know, you can have that kind of pack. You can have maybe one of your Guardian packs came back from the Amazon like a year ago, and they're all fucked up. Oh, so they're still trying to get it. Back, right back in the head. Yeah, it's like a pack of non-vets. You want to stay away from them. They want to stay away from you, too. Mm-hmm. They got their mind on the job and of not going crazy because of the shit they saw on the Amazon. Yeah, they need to focus. Right. I get it. Yikes. You know, you could have that group that's super into the fact that they're a Guardian pack. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have the one that's just bored as shit and doesn't want to do it and maybe slacks off all day. Don't put those two at the same time. Right. <laughs> But, I mean, you, you have to populate your set. 
with, with, a, with, with a diverse cast of characters, different people, different personalities, different tribes. Have the Glass Walker that's there because he made a promise to a, a former pack mate who died in the field, and he's miserable there. But, but he promised but he, he promised. would. Yeah. Okay. I like that one. That's a good one. I was going to throw out a Bonar just because of the uh, suburban area of Seattle. Yeah, maybe. And maybe or, or downtown, I mean, not suburban. Even yeah. more so. And maybe that's that's that third questing pack. That's like a, and he's like the go-between man. You know, you, you have those guys there. They're like, okay, we have to come back and work at the Cairn because this is the closest Cairn. We don't, we don't just get to fucking make one because we want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, maybe they're the ones that stay out in the city longer than they're supposed to because they just don't fucking want to. But they report back when they're supposed to report back. They just, okay, can we go now? We did our thing. Can we leave? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that's them. And maybe they become your your tie to the suburban area, to the cities. But like an undercover detective? Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they uh, maybe they have an apartment in the city that that's going to be the place you report to when you're out, when you're out in the shit. Oh, okay. Oh, <clears throat> yep. I see where you're <clears throat> going with that one. I like that. Yeah, because your your player pack is again the questing pack. Yeah. So maybe yeah, that's who Sounds they're like reporting to. Yep. Exactly right. like a safe house. You know, that that particular pack, they, they go back to the cairn when they're supposed to for the reports, for the moods, but if they don't have to be there they're, they're gonna be where they want now. to be. Right. So that's the apartment. Okay. Now going back to the totem, is there usually representatives of the totem in physical form in the cairn? I think there should be. I so the trees in this cairn are dripping with spiders? I, I would say that, yeah. Possibly. I, I would do it. Let me put it that way. That's what I would do. The same way that I don't if know we if were... I like this anymore. <laughs> well, it's your idea, so too bad now. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up. He's already using it. And we had built the sept around your totem. So <laughs> yes. we're not starting over. It's too late. <laughs> I wanted fog, dude. You, had, you picked a spider. I said a weather condition, and you said spiders. <laughs> You wake up in the morning and you're caught in the middle of the woods and there's a spider just chilling on your chest. It's like, I got a message. Well, oh, quite shit. possibly. Uh, well, I'll give you a, I'll give a in-game example that we have. Delacroix, Louisiana. I, I have the Sept of the Scratching Wolf. Wonder when you've mm. heard that before. Yeah. The totem's <laughs> mosquito. And that's in defense. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the cairn itself is on a little island out there in the bayou. Giant willow tree. Yeah, covering it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can only get there you know, by boat. And as you get into the bond, into the swamp bond, you get swarmed by mosquitoes. And I'm talking one lands on you, another lands on you, and then, like, there are a hundred on you. Like, your body is coated in mosquitoes. And if you slap one, they all bite you. If you don't, they kind of, quote, check you out. If they decide you're cool, they just leave. So it's a willpower roll every time they go through <laughs> that bond. <laughs> Hence the name of the sept, right? The scratching wolf. <laughs> There we go. Jesus. So, so anybody with arachnophobia is going to just go into frenzy the second they step in our cairn. Well, any guy with arachnophobia <laughs> needs to get their shit together. They have bigger <laughs> problems. <laughs> I, I would throw hunter spiders at that player all day, every day. <laughs> well, it's a good thing the totem is trapdoor spider and not hunter spider, then. Well, that would be really weird if we're kind of God, weird. would it be like a sept of, like, drones? <laughs> it should be like robots. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be crazy. It's like it'd be like a Transformers Beast Wars, but everyone's a wolf. But everyone, okay, that's cool. I guess. Beep, beep, bop, boop. Must stop the worm. Beep, bop. That's that's how that goes. 
Oh no, fear Danny's trying not to. It's not. Danny is right now like meditating to try not to laugh. He's biting his lip. <laughs> He's ruining the show. That's fortunate because I visualize all of this. <laughs> we have the cairn itself. We have it populated. We have the totem. Mm-hmm. We know its purpose. We know its home. Yes. What's next? Well, I think refining becomes the next step. Because, I mean, yeah. we, we just did the skeleton stuff. And, like, I'm, I'm not, I am not going to sit here and, and come up with 40 NPCs on the fly. No, we don't have that kind of time for this kind of show. I, right. And, you know, if you want NPCs from me, there's the fucking Patreon, right? <laughs> no. It's it's a good idea, but there's not that many yet, so. <laughs> there's your, your skeleton. Yes. And it's just, it's refined, refined, refined. It's you want to make sure that those NPCs are as real as humanly possible because you, again, this is home, so you're going to have those characters build relationships, good, bad, or ugly, with the players. And this is important because this is where of the apocalypse. People live, people die. People die screaming. And you want that to matter. Yeah. If if Dave the Bonar gets killed in combat... You want a, it to make an impact right. on the life of that player. As, as a storyteller, everyone in your game needs to have a reaction to that. Good, bad, or indifferent. Right. Depends on the relationship with the character. Right. Maybe they didn't like the person. And, and they're like, fuck them. Good. But it's still a reaction. Exactly. They have to have an opinion on it. And that's on you to bring, as a storyteller, to bring enough life to those characters that your players can have an opinion. <laughs> you know, you can't just go, well, what do you feel about this character that I gave you his first name and that's it? No, that's not on them. That's on you. Dave. Fuck you, Dave, for what? dying. Right? I don't like the name Dave, so I hated him. How, how dare you die, Dave? Stop playing in cardboard town. That's when you make him, like, one of those homeless encampment feeders. Like like the dude who just shows up with the pot of stew, but the players don't know this, and they find out later. Sure. Well, I was that, thinking... Is that manipulative? Well, it's, it's okay to be manipulative every now and then. Yeah. You know, I well, once created it's a It's going to be because it's Shadow Lord dominated pack. Or well, well, Shadow Lord. Well. <laughs> sure. Cairn, not pack, but yeah. But I mean, hell, you know, once, and um, I, I think I've talked about this in the past, I once created a pack specifically to get murdered. <laughs> I made a pack specifically to befriend the players mm-hmm. so they could later get murdered. Uh-huh. It was their job. That's why they existed. <laughs> you were born to die. <laughs> Yeah, yep, I'm just... Mis- <laughs> and that group fucking cried, Danny. I know they did. I'm just trying to... I know what's going to happen eventually <laughs> is my problem. No, I'm not doing it in our game. Well, obviously not that pack. No, I'm not doing it in our game. Oh, at all? No. Well, thank you. Is it because you just discussed it? No, I, I discussed it like two years ago and that when I decided I wasn't going to do it. It was still a reaction, though. I mean, that's, that's fair. I just... I know that... Because we've built some strong relationships in our games. Mm-hmm. I know that when some of them go, because it's inevitable, they will be leaving. You know, yeah, when, not when Roy gets ways. taken out and someone wears his skin, it's going to be awful. You're goddamn right. It'll be Especially because Roy's a kinfolk. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to get you that. what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a bad idea, right? You're a wear human? <laughs> wear human. You know, I, I never claimed that, that uh, skin dancers were sane. Point. Yeah. Maybe. Imagine that, though. Imagine a skin dancer. No! You know, I has will not imagine that. He makes like a mask out of people. Like, holy shit. A little leather face action. I'm into it. 
gross. But I mean, Dan- Danny is right. You know, like eventually, Dead Man Dance is going to get shot in the face. Something bad going to happen, probably in front of you, and that's going to suck because I like that guy. Because you have an opinion on him, because he's fleshed out Correct. in your home sept. Yes. You see how that all comes around? Yeah. Okay. So we have fleshed out characters. We have the cairn itself. It's populated. It's purpose. Well, kind of. So we know that it's in the woods. But what are we doing for housing? Because there are kinfolk who are going to be living, like, what, around it, right? It's like, surely there's some kinfolk who live in the sub territory. And that's a good idea. This, this, also, this depends on where you want to have it set. So let's four shits and grins. Okay. Okay. I, I had half designed this for a different game, but it's set in Michigan, so I can't run it. <laughs> Fair. Um, that there was a cairn that bordered a trailer park. And that's where the kinfolk stayed? Yeah. Said trailer park was bought out, so it was kinfolk owned. And what they did was they put the last block of that trailer park was all kinfolk slash garu housing. Smart. And then, like, you know, the front half of the place was just regular people. I mean, they'd vet them the best they could. Yeah. So we ain't letting no femur in here if we can help it. Yeah, well, I would hope so. But to generate funds for the set. So you just had those that back street that back street or two with you know let's say twenty yeah twenty double wides okay you know ten of them are kinfolk families one of them is a a little infirmary mm-hmm. maybe one is your armory mm-hmm. I see it you no. got a couple for visiting uh, visiting Garu you know Garu dignitaries if you will elder shack or something like that. Within so they a, get like the million dollar Thor motor coach, possibly, maybe. But you know, you make it all within maybe a ten minute run to the bomb. Like the bomb's right there, and then you got that two street buffer where obviously, I mean, obviously you're watching it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's part of it. I get it. It's part of the defenses now. Yeah. So yeah, you do something like that, or you could. I mean, I I, I suggest that for this. You know. Okay. So I can get with it. Yeah, so we have our kinfolk and we have our housing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're probably again. You are wolves, so you're probably still going to have just laying in the under trees. Oh, certainly. I mean, you're going to... Your, your Council of Elders isn't... The warder's not leaving the... The warder can't leave the cane. So, yeah, maybe they have, like, log cabins or something. Uh, maybe. A few of them. Sure. We have red talons here. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, there's a lupus population that are not going to go running to the fucking trailer park. So, yeah, you've got... Maybe there's a, there's a cave. Oh, that's a cool one. Okay. You know, within the Cairn grounds, and that's that's where that shit happens. Cool. Different burrows or lean-tos that could be somewhere, you know, in these woods for housing as well. Because you have to factor in the lupus population, bottom line. True. Okay. So, we have our housing. That could also lead itself to the Guardian, one of the Guardian packs, too. That's where they stay when they're not on... Well, well, no, I mean in terms of the lupus population. Oh. Oh. Good point. One of those packs should probably be a pack of Red Talents as a Guardian packs. So what the fuck are they go into the city for anyway? They don't want to be there. Okay. Cool. Just throwing that out there. No, you're right. I, I would love it if a Lupus Guardian was for some reason like enamored with a woman from the trailer park. Like, here's this one Red Talon who saw this chick who maybe has red hair. Just like, you know what? I'm into this. I start just like following her around for his Bond patrol. Perfect. <laughs> no, perfect. No, it's that, it's that's that kind of that kind of flavor you want. And, of course, you got to detail your kinfolk, too. Mm-hmm. Some of them need to be related to someone. I, I was going to say, and how many of that is related to, like, the elders? Well, I mean, will you look at the Sept of the, our Sept of the Sweet Summer Rain, none. One. None. None. 
Swalls. Swalls isn't a kinfolk. Touche. Good point. Forget <laughs> I said anything. I thought you were... Okay, never mind. Which, by the way, is short for stands with a long shadow. <laughs> so that's a real... <laughs> It wasn't stroke talk. It was a real name. I, is, is it I was name? trying. I was like, I forgot you said. Did you just um, what what is it? Uh, Kahal? Did you just Kahal this? Is that what, <laughs> is that what happened there? No, no. It's a stands with a long shadow. That's actually little inside baseball. Stands with a long shadow was a uh, friend of mine from the old White Wolf HTML chat days. He um, many many years ago gave me permission to use that character in my games. Nice. You know, I told him it was such a great name, and you know, we were good friends. And he's like, "No, you, yeah, I'd be honored." That's awesome. That's yeah. In my cool of him. Let's see, what is the name of my sept? I should know this. Yeah, sept of Witcher's Bite. You know what? I'm gonna have to change that because that doesn't make sense. But um, <laughs> I, I have hey, uh, one of the NPCs is a kinfolk who's going to become a love interest for one of my players, and she is the daughter of the warder, because the the sept is so small that like your your ten guru. There, including players, so that's that leaves like what seven. Sure. So it's a little more closer knit of a community, so the kinfolk are definitely going to be related to someone. It's like a little micro village, right? No, certainly. But, but yeah, I, I set up this uh, kinfolk chick specifically to be the daughter of the warder for my blacksmithing Fenrir, who is probably not Fenrir enough to get with his kid. Interesting. No, that's it, just for again. You can yeah, just for conflict. Yeah, no, it makes sense. You, again, you want that flavor you want to build this world because every part of it matters the specifics matter the more there are the more fleshed out this world actually is well and again to give examples from from our own games i go back to the the sweet summer raid and i mentioned the kid folk there aren't related to anybody but one was handpicked one is is the widow of a former yeah, member. Of, yeah, of a member of, of the lead guardian pack. Correct. So she's not related to anyone anymore. But yeah, but she she's she's like the widow. <laughs> but the pack that pack's still her they're still her family, so where's she gonna go? And then to build on that character interaction, if you remember this is this is Vanessa is the character. Uh-huh. Vanessa is gorgeous. And she's like an appearance six, but she's just so shut off in in And a cold hearted bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Like when her when her when her man died, it, the off switch just boom. We hit that off switch. <laughs> uh-huh. So you have conflicts where you know here's the kinfolk, this other kinfolk who has moved up from the south and sees her and is like, oh, I'm in love. And nah, no, no man, you're not allowed to be. <laughs> yeah, not only that, yeah. yeah, because that the the members of that current pack that are still her friends will protect her. From everything. Yeah, like I wasn't even going there yet, but you're right. No, In fact, I think that was one of the first things you guys were told when you got to that step is do not flirt with Vanessa. Well, it was implied it was the, as far as the flirting, but like eyes off, hands off, I think were the words. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. Yep. Because I remember specifically I reached out for a handshake and she just looked at my hand and then looked away and kept doing what she was doing. Right. And there's that kinfolk that will tell you to go fuck yourself, which, oh my god, the ball's on the kinfolk, but because you have to go through whiplash to get to her. Exactly. (laughs) And she knows it. Yep, and she knows it. So she's protected. Right. But again, look at the specifics on on the kinfolk. Right, and that builds those dynamics, because again, what does the other kinfolk having a crush on her have to do with you guys? Nothing, but the game might be about you, but the world it does not revolve around you. I love it when that happens. When, you, when you're when you able to bring that around and say that again, it's <laughs> yeah. such a good one. 
We talk about getting out of cardboard town. The NPCs are not there to stand around and feed you exposition all day. They actually have shit to do. Yes. Like building traps in the woods. Like building traps in the woods, or they got to go and get a lead on this particular branch of this this company that maybe is wormed up. Maybe they there's a, there's a rival pack from the past of one of the questing packs that's in town looking for revenge after that thing from in New Mexico that time. You know, maybe the <laughs> one of the elders' ex-wife who's got the kids and the kid got hit by a drunk driver. Oh, shit happens in the world. Make sure shit happens with those NPCs even if it doesn't directly relate to the story because the world still fucking turns and you want to make these people real. Some days you wake uh, up and you're hook. just in a shitty mood. Story hook. Drunk driving through the forest has killed a red talon and lupus. Hit him. Cut him off guard. See? There you Yikes. go. <laughs> Does that end up driving the Karen into like a retaliatory rage against that one individual? I think it, it at least does for a fraction of the Karen. Oh, yeah, and again, so. depending on the relationship, who that character was, who that character was to other people. Yeah, how and close even was the that tribal- kinfolk to the rest of them? Right. I mean, any number of things can be a factor there, but yeah, that that can absolutely be a hook. It's a small time thing in terms of you know the greater scheme. Uh, you know, we're not that's not stopping the apocalypse, but it doesn't have to be because there's no. other shit to do at all times, right? Because werewolf the apocalypse <laughs> ideally is the, you know it's the story of your pack. It's well, like for most people, the what the lupus gets hit by a car and and they're upset, but these things happen, right? But for the talons of the cared, we screaming blood. I, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, maybe nobody else fucking cares. Yeah, because it was just a like just no, a kinfolk. It totally crossed my mind, and it has to be a kinfolk, right? It can't be like a lupus member of the Guardian Pack because just fucking shift the hispo asshole, right? <laughs> yeah, if it was a kinfolk, no, but it was a lupus kinfolk. Nobody else cared. Again, just a kinfolk. Well, the world goes on, but what? the red talons were like, no, that was one of us. Well, they're upset because there's not a lot of wolves to go around. But yeah, but you're right. The Talons are, they, they want, they, they don't want blood. They want all of the blood. <laughs> Gonna make a human hood ornament on his Chevrolet. I want to make a new Person lake. in the woods, like some sort of weird fucking temple. <laughs> Gonna make a new lake. Yeah, I want to make a new lake at that point. <laughs> lake, lake of Red. <laughs> lake, watch where you're driving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They can be. They can use that as part of the defenses. Then <laughs> sweet, <laughs> <a> kick-ass moat. <laughs> cool. But that's uh, you know, this, this is an example of um, like world building, right? You you flesh this out enough to where you can have this one random NPC gets hit by something and it cascades because you have things that can react to it. Yes, it, exactly. it uh, like a web that builds off itself. Exactly. No, there's. You're absolutely right. And then here's the things we've talked about building this specific care. Mm-hmm. But Karen's not the whole world. No. So here's something, all right? And this isn't something you have to do before you start, but this is something to keep in mind while you're playing, okay? Let's say, you know, I'm going to use one of my favorite. So your Red Talon Elder, your Red Talon Ragabash Elder, that's Hecklefang. <laughs> so I love that name. That's a good one. Thank you. So Hecklefang <laughs> came there from Colorado. Okay. He had a sept in Colorado. That's where his past is, and sometimes the past comes to get you. Uh, I like where you're going. Or maybe Hecklefang died. Oh, so his past is coming to avenge. Or we're bringing his body back to his homeland. Or again, his past is coming. The point is, is something happens. Mm -hmm. Here's what the fuck it is. That now brings his his old sept in Colorado into play. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you use this, <laughs> the, this, this home set that we just built is the center of the wheel now. Okay. And in each, branching out. each spoke into the tire, that's a dot connect from a member of that sept. That's a lead to a whole new area, to a whole new set of NPCs, set of adventures that can come from, you know, this NPC, then that NPC, then that NPC. Yeah, we have a lot to go at that point. Well, you know, let's uh, bring this down to the to the submarine for a second. You could follow Whiplash in his, um, his father issues in dealing with Jorgen Krieg over in the Amazon. You could follow who actually sent Butchers in the Shadows to the Sept to spy on the Elders in the first place. We are starting to uh, go on some of these NPCs of the month here. But you see what I'm saying? Yes. I'm just mentioning names. Well, I mean, I guess minor details, but... Right. But they ain't written yet. It's it's a long way. I ain't hurry to do the Ravens and Chains, man. (laughs) I'm just saying, some of those are some really... But major specifics here. That's no, so. fine, but you get what I'm... You, I mean, you're following me, yeah, TC? Yeah. I was thinking about the surrounding area and ways to make that more impactful for the players that maybe they haven't thought about. And I think that's Excellent. exactly Porter's point of doing some of those specifics here. Yeah, like just... Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 100%. There's something that's been on my mind lately, and it's a... Uh, intro story, you know how like the the old White Wolf books had like the chapter art, you know, there was that intro stories alongside them? Mm-hmm. And there's one from Forsaken that I think about uh, frequently, because it's it's a great perspective. Whoa. The local packs are all having issues with uh, people going missing, and someone's taking the children, they don't know who's taking the children, and this one pack it happens to know, like, yeah, there's this dilapidated farm outside the city. And so it becomes like their problem to deal with it, because they know about this one location, it's like abutted to their territory. And so they drive the van out there into the wild, get out of the van, shift to uh, wolf form, and they're stalking to this farmhouse. And the new moon of the pack uh, is the narrator for this, and he mentions, look, yeah, we turned into wolves and we went out there, but we're still city wolves, and we know nothing about like how to hunt in the woods. Like We don't know what wind means, we don't know what proper tracking is, we just think we know, and so we fucked everything up. And I'm, I'm thinking about how you would portray like that sort of world building to your players. Because the players, you know, like, inside their, like, uh, metagaming, they know that they're a wolf, they know they're rolling the dice, and they know that, you know, they've got X amount of primal urge and X amount of wits and survival, and they should be able to roll the dice and get the result. But regardless of whatever their innate abilities are, you know, someone who was raised in San Francisco isn't going to know what stalking the woods of Seattle is like. So how would you build the world to convey that sort of feeling? Well, that's a really good question, actually. Damn, that's a really good question. Yeah, and it's a good point to bring up. I mean, there is a level of instinct that you can argue is built in after the change. Yeah, I mean, you're part wolf. Wolves have instincts. They, right. they just know what to do. And and there's a level of ideally training that should have been covered in your rite of passage. But that doesn't mean we should dismiss this question because it's a good one. Right. Well, again, he's even talking. though it came from Forsaken, <laughs> <laughs> you know, with, with, with the gods of Funris and the mauve talons and <laughs> no, but the, again, the very dark saying, blue furies, you're looking at someone like from San Francisco, who's not going to know what the hell to do when they're in Seattle. No, no, absolutely. I, I mean, Yes, there, yeah. there are ways this should be covered in Garu life, but it's a good enough question that I would rather address it than explain it away. I agree. It's a good one. Um, I would probably, and this is the top of my head because I've never considered this before, 
I would probably do shifting variable difficulties until they specify shit. What do you mean? Okay. This is to say, let's say you're trying to get a scent lock on someone. Sure. Okay. You know the thing is out there, the guy's out there, the Bambi. You're hunting for breakfast. Sure. You saw it, it ran away. Crap, I'm going to get a scent on it. Well, you know, the wind, the wind's not with you. You're standing in the wrong direction. Okay. So you and, lose that scent. Right. You, you, you can't get it because, you know, fuck. So you increase the difficulty or something. And then you mention why they didn't get it. But if they have no idea what deer smells like, and they just assume that what they're smelling is the area where the deer was at, but they actually pick up a rabbit because they can't pick the two apart because they've never really gone up into the deep whiff. Like, if you spend all your time in Hobbit and you shift to lupus, everything's supposed to be like a kaleidoscope of senses, right? That's true. How long does it take you to start parsing that out? So I'm wondering, like, would you just, would it be okay to give the players false information because they, the characters, should know better? Or would that be represented, that'd be represented in the higher difficulty roles? I, I would do it that way. Yeah, I do with the difficulty roles. And that's a tricky thing because what you hear a lot. You hear, you know, you don't want to lie to your player. You don't want to trick your player. But sometimes you do. And it, it, it's a very tricky thing to sit here without specific examples <laughs> to, pick, to pick at and point to, to go when it's okay and when it's not and why it's okay and why it's not. Well, maybe the player decides they need to do more uh, hunting after that, you know, really boost their uh, skills up. They're just, uh, I, th- I think this is a thing that could go into like a real slow grow that probably wouldn't be that interesting for like everyone at the table. But for some people, I think would be um, really enriching Especially as playing a werewolf. Like, you're not just playing a big murder machine, you're a werewolf. You're a Garu. Let's, let's, let's focus that even yeah. further. Because we can watch plenty of werewolf movies where the dude stubs his toe on a silver nail and falls over dead. <laughs> you know, fuck that guy. We're talking Garu. That's a bigger deal. But I'm absolutely with you. Stubs a toe on a silver nail. <laughs> there are werewolf movies happen. out there where someone gets shot in the shoulder with a silver bullet and they die. I know. Fuck all that. Yep. <laughs> Make a medicine PC who's like super allergic to silver. Cuts himself on like a butter knife. Well, most of those are stainless steel, not silver. See, listen to the professor over here. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> hey, hey, idiot, it's called silverware. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> all right, you got him. All right, all right, all right, all right. Oh. Well done. Uh. <laughs> yep. Well done. <laughs> oh, Rich Cross Eater, everybody. Yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, no, but I think that's a great idea, you know, and using the difficulties, sure. I like that idea of them. And this this would be a great way to do it. And again, bless, bless your screens, everybody. Thank fuck for your storyteller screens. Is when you have that, that, that character who's trying to hunt the deer. Mm hmm. And grabbing that scent, you make a roll to see which scent they're actually grabbing. Okay. I was thinking more of like, yes, he's got higher successes and that's a good thing, but maybe you're giving him some information that he doesn't even need. You can do that too. And I mean, maybe that roll you're making behind the screen informs the kind of information they're going to get because at this point they don't know better. You don't have to tell them what the difficulty is. You just tell them to make a roll. Right. But even then... They make the role, you know, they know they're trying to grab this lock on the scent. They make their role, but behind the scenes, you know, what you, what you know, what they don't, or they don't realize, is there's also a rabbit over there. 
and there's um I don't know a goddamn groundhog. What's in the woods? Sure, groundhog. fucking these bats. I don't know what. Uh, woodpeckers. Sure, William Woodpeckers. <laughs> yeah, it was a good, that's a great callback. Yeah, Thank you. Oddly specific. Thanks. Yeah. So yeah, sure. Woodpecker. We'll use woodpecker. Bats. What an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you have those other creatures there, obviously, that are nearby that they they're not seeing, they're not focusing on because they're they're looking at this thing. Correct. And they're not again so used to being in the woods like this where they would know to keep an eye out for every damn thing. So you make your role. They, they made their role. Hey, they locked the scent. They did it with a plum. They had all tens, man. Fuck it. Holy shit. That's impressive. But you make your role behind the scenes, and, well, yeah, they locked that scent great. They just locked the wrong animal scent. Huh. I like that. Bummer. Like, uh, one of the things I realized when I was doing my field school, <clears throat> and, and this was something that I wasn't, I guess, you know what, it's really obvious, but you never think about it, especially, like, when you're camping. But in, like, the small area where we were set up, there was, I think, like 110 different species of birds you could see. And that's, that, and that's not like there's just one of them. There's like 10 or 20 of them in that given area, unless it's like a barn owl, right? You know, some of them are larger territorial ones. But 110 is a lot of things in just birds alone to populate an area with. Yes. There, there's, and, and that's not to say that people should go out of their way to flesh out the world with like, you know, 200 different species of downtown pigeon. Well, but like, in, in fact, it's, it's something you consider. In, in fact, don't do that, pro tip. You've overflooded your game. Don't do that. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, that was kind of where I was going with that. Like, I just, it, it's, it's not something that you want to just spend your entire day describing <clears throat> every book on a shelf in a wizard's lair. No, that's, you're but, exactly uh, right. And in fact, I was talking to Danny about just that <laughs> before, before the show is the idea and, um, and the term that, that I have come to use is mind flooded. Yeah. Is you get into such detail about the thing, about the room. Yeah. All the books on the shelf, the, the type of wood used to make the, that you forget what the fuck you were doing in the room in the first place. Yep. Because you just listened to an hour and a half of very specific exposition about the guy that made the paper that's in the book. Yeah. Specifics (laughs) are good, but too many specifics is a bad idea. Right. You will lose the audience. They will get bored, stop paying attention or forget what they were doing in the room to begin with. Mind but you can't trickle this information out. And since you're <laughs> planning on living in this cairn, it's not like it's a one and done. Exactly. Um, so maybe they're going to hunt this deer and they find, uh, I don't know, a pika. Why is there a pika in the Pacific Northwest? I don't know. Do they, sure. I, I assume they live somewhere. But, uh, Bless you. Yeah, they, they find a pika. And they didn't know a pika was there before. Maybe they didn't know what a pika was. They're going to Google it after the game. Uh, it, you know, they're going to have this knowledge for future reference. Like, they're, they're going to know that there's pikas in the woods. And there's that much more wildlife in the world. It doesn't feel static, like, oh, here's just your stereotypical deer and people. Now here's this random rodent they didn't know about. But it's not like it was relevant to really anything, but it builds the world. Sure. Those little, the, you know, the devil is in the details. And I, and I want to double down on that. You know, when you talk about, you know, you can trickle the information out. You can introduce members of the sept little by little. Oh, yeah, I would hope you, so. You don't, if we talk about Mind Flooded, you don't want to have that story where they enter the sept. And you've just introduced 40, all yeah, 40 fucking NPCs. Are you telling me day one is not the introductory rave where everybody, like, <laughs> does up a dose of guy and shrooms and dances? Guy and shrooms. Then yeah, they but... do the pre fight donut? God. But if they do that, they're not going to remember anybody the next day. <laughs> So yeah, we, we talk about world building. 
All of that is important. All of that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Here's here's something for you too. Where do they like to eat? You know, when when they're out in the town, design a diner or something. Cool. I, I had a brief game set in uh, New Mexico. Albuquerque. It, it was a uh, satellite of ABQ. Okay. Thank you very much. Got it. <laughs> I guess it was right after Breaking Bad Head. It shut up. It doesn't. Okay, <laughs> I got it. Yep. I didn't steal the city. I just there, there's actually there's a subdivision. I think it's south of Albuquerque called Los Lunas. Oh no shit! I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. So I fucking I'm like yeah. That's, That's awesome. where it's set. Okay, cool. But the thing about that, you know, is I just said, okay, well, you know, we're not super far away from Area 51. Oh, so you can use that. So the the local packs had this favorite diner that they went to that was, like, alien-themed. <laughs> like, it was really cheap and shitty you know, decorations everywhere to give it the flavor, but they had, like, their favorite waitress who knew their orders, and, like, the burgers, they were fantastic. So it was worth going and putting up with all the bullshit and the tourists. Okay, cool. Little things like that, too. It helps establish home. It helps establish the, the city as being a living thing. A big thing that I do, and I, I definitely advise, is don't make Otali Burger. Use real places. Yeah, because choose everyone a, knows. Yeah, choose a fast food chain, and that's Otali Burger. Yeah, because if they know what it is, they're never going there. Exactly. You can't go, oh, there's a Wendy's, a TGA Friday's, and the Worm Burger. Yeah, you don't guess which one they're so not going to. Thing to. Remember, not, not to cut you off, but no. another thing would be um, how to relate it to the NPCs you already have in the town, right? So we've already established that there's like a Bonar uh, contact in the city with like the apartment that the pet can crash in. So maybe he's got a favorite restaurant that he prefers to go to, and since it's Bonar, maybe it's like a Pizza Hut. Maybe. And, awesome. and maybe that place, you know, they love that place so much, but your pack fucking hates it. <laughs> the pack hates it, but their contact loves, loves going there. So like, hey, you you want to talk to uh, you want to talk to Johnny Stir Fry? You you have to go to his sushi restaurant, the Sushi Express. <laughs> is that like a like a dollar truck sushi that just you know it's going to make you sick? No, oh. no, it's even better. This is based on a real place, kind of. Oh, oh, oh. boy! <laughs> I was staying with some friends. Um, this was in Virginia a while back, and nearby they had a sushi place called Sushi Express, and I never went in. Because it sounds bad. No, no, no. Because in my head, you know, because I mean, you think express, like they're, they're, the sushi's quick. It's quick service. That's what I'm afraid of. That's not what I did, though. Oh, okay. In my mind, I, I invented this whole backstory for this place, and so I wouldn't go in and ruin it for myself. <laughs> okay. It's like it was run by a man named Toshio, who was obsessed with trains. Okay. Sushi Express. Uh... <laughs> so, like, it was a train-themed sushi restaurant. <laughs> And, like, all the chefs were dressed like conductors. Oh, my God. And they had, like, the little train with the, the, the wasabi and the condiments that would go around, like, the sushi bar. Choo-choo. Yes! He would be like, welcome to Sushi Express. What type would you choo- choose? Someone should make that. Right? Well, like, make it in your game. But see, like, I fell in love with this premise. that's hilarious and adorable. And so, so you I never would, went in. No, I didn't want to ruin my illusion. But, like, maybe that's the restaurant that Bonar loves. And then the pet gets in there like, what the fuck are we doing here? Right, they have to live in a world where there's a waiter going, what type would you choo-choo-choose? <laughs> he could build off of that, too. And make it so it's not just his favorite food place, but it also happens to be where uh, he gets his information. Like maybe there's a bunch of homeless camped out in the back alley that he just kind of seeds through and you know drops them a wonton. And they tell them, you know, strange people they saw walking through the city in the middle of the night. 
Thank you for saving that because I was ready to just bomb it. <laughs> Excellent. I'll, I'll do you. Uh, let's let's up the ante a bit. Okay. How about kinfolk run organizations? I look to uh, to <laughs> our games. We have a, a chain. Little Reds. Yeah, Little Reds dry cleaning. They launder shit. Clothes. Eh? Money. <laughs> Identities. <laughs> yep. You get you get some fresh cubs. You take them to Little Reds. You drop some money off. <clears> they get new identities. Some fresh clothes. Yep. Maybe not fresh, but <laughs> well, the laundry does work. <laughs> it's, well, that's why I said but it's not fresh. fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. But yeah. You know, Little Reds. They launder shit. <laughs> yeah. I, I can get with all of this. So then, then to follow up, since we've got like examples of uh, you know allied places, how how do you make your villainous lairs? Because they have to be in the world as well. Let's say it's a I don't know coffee company that is wormish in some way. Like the brew they make that they sell, their their favorite seasonal brew is actually rising people's anxiety to make them easier to get possessed by bates. Like there's something something in it triggers all of this. Is that going to look like the big evil Gotham S corporation, or would we rather maybe make that just look like your standard business park? Well, in fact, it looks nice. Well, that's um, I think it varies by by corporation actually. You know, uh, when as soon as we settled on Seattle, I thought about evil Starbucks, which maybe is just Starbucks. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> But, it's a very strong possibility. Here. I'm just I'm sitting here. I don't know. Seattle, the coffee but, capital. I get it. But you just—it's just Starbucks. They strangle with the chain. You definitely want normalcy. But like uh, I've been to the first Starbucks in Seattle, mm-hmm. like the first one. Sure. And it's just—it's just a building. Like it's not even—it's not even like a standalone Starbucks. Well, what do you expect? Uh, what do you wear, like I lasers on the top? Like trip ball, but it's like. What do you expect, like lasers on top of it? What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, I expect like building. you know, like the the capital of fucking In and Out Burger is like a whole warehouse. So I was uh, I was kind of thinking something bigger than that, but no, it's like a little hole in the wall. You know, barely enough space for all the people that are in there. Like if it had the business of a normal coffee shop, it'd be fine. But since it's the first Starbucks, it's just full of hundreds of people, and everybody's clamoring to get the new thing. I don't, I don't even know if you really have time to really look around in there. Is how packed it is. Well, I mean, shit. The first McDonald's is like. The size of my apartment. Maybe half. <laughs> is it really? Uh, it's just that. a tiny fucking place. And it probably gets all the business because it's the very first. I have no idea. But it, it was just a little, you know, I mean, it's just the two brothers in business. It was basically a food truck. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it was larger then, but it was, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it can have those humble beginnings, but the humble beginnings isn't the evil part. It's, it's the growing right pain. it's it, you know, let's, let's keep with McDonald's for a second it, it's not the two brothers in their little tiny little burger stand it's when Michael Keaton swooped in that's that's when it gets evil damn you Michael Keaton I know does, does Michael Keaton own McDonald's no but he played Ray Kroc in the founder so we're just oh <laughs> with Michael Keaton <laughs> I wasn't sure what the connection was I was like holy shit <laughs> <laughs> nice little reference there too right? so yeah Michael Keaton swoops in and then he buys all the franchise rights and that's when it gets evil it could even be a, a, a net positive on like I guess the guy in scale of shit humans do but it's that next step once it gets big once they stop using that natural cream that the dude whipped up in his stupid organic farm because he has guilt for some goddamn reason or whatever <laughs> right and they start using more of the 
corporate pushed products. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the cheaper. It's easier. Happens to come from the uh, Pentex Dairy. Exactly. Yep. Exactly that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's the when it comes to corporations, especially in that world building, you want to have them be look safe and happy and wholesome because those corporate entities want it to look safe and happy and wholesome to get the people in there to spend the money to get bane infested or food poisoning or just give over the money. I mean, whatever your goal is, all of the above. Yeah. Oh, so what if what if your uh, <clears throat> their dairy their their Pentex dairy is a local source too? They like they pride themselves on it. Like, yeah, this is our proprietary cream that comes from our local dairy farm. Come and visit the dairy farm. And so the dairy farm then is within driving distance of the homestead. And so then you have, I don't know, bane infested cows. See, I love it, and that's exactly and that's exactly how you do this, everybody. <laughs> you, you just you just heard it. This is how this works. You know, and maybe how do they find out? Maybe through close examination of the company and following the red tape. Maybe that's the way you want to go through it. Maybe, maybe. you want to have them do the detective work. Maybe. Contacts. Maybe one of the wolfkin folk took down one of those cows because hungry and got oh, fucking sick shit. and or dead. And See, I was going to suggest like tape. the pack gets bored and goes cow tipping. I mean, that could be a thing too. But imagine you shove a cow over and it explodes into like a tentacle mass from the thing. That'd be rad as shit. <laughs> I was I was actually watching um the reboot of V, which mm-hmm. if you don't know V was like a 1983 miniseries. Classic sci-fi shit. You should definitely watch it if you have the chance. And the, that's with the lizard people, right? Yeah, that's right. I think it was like 2009. They did a reboot with Marina Baccarin. Okay, it was it was pretty good. It, you look them back and back to back. That's, well, that's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. So, but um, there, there's a scene in there where they find these these pills. You know, these these supposed to be allegedly prenatal vitamins that were given to you know given to these pregnant women. Yeah. Blah, blah 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 blah. Plot reasons. And so, like one of the main characters takes the pills. Oh, these big fucking horse pills. And he chops it in half, and all these little fucking drones come scattering out. Oh, shit. You know, like a hundred little bug-sized little robot things. Inside the pill. Nope. Inside the pill. Nope. Yeah, nope is right. Get me but, the fuck out of there. <laughs> but there you go, right? It's shit like that. You talk about talk about tipping the cow and. Okay. Like in the thing where it, like all of a sudden like its body's like paper mache, and it just goes through it, and a hundred thousand scarab beetles or spiders or... Being infested, whatever, it's just comes scurrying out all over the place. And now you got to follow that thread, right? Where does that lead? It, possibilities. That's just cool. Spitball. Imagine you find out it's linked to like the not Starbucks too. And it's like the scale of your game just got huge because it's now global. Yep. Yes. Yes. And uh, I don't want to say too much because of Patreon, but like we're learning that in our game and that like was one of the very last things that just happened. Well, you're discovering Pentex. That's right, but like how deep that rabbit hole goes right. is the point. Well, I'm, I'm just saying like that's not a, like a big spoiler secret because it's it's Pentex. We well, all know Pentex. My point is I don't want to give specifics out. Fine. Does that drive people to Harano? Like you think you're doing all this good in your little local area and you're fighting all these fights and then you find out that every single truck you let go by you on the highway is possibly making the entire world go to hell. And like the sheer scale of that, I wonder if that would drive a wolf into like instant depression. Very easily. Just like, you know, they're looking at the, the sheer scale of this thing and how everything's progressed. And I don't know if that would just bring them down into um, just absolute hopelessness from looking at it. Well, I think it's certainly a possibility. And I know Hirano is a tricky subject in one... We have planned for another day. Yes, yes, we do. It's but you said it right. It's, it's tricky. Yeah, that's that's another day. But I think it's definitely a possibility. 
I don't see why not. Very easily could happen that way. The the, the corporate fight is is very. It's a, I mean it's a, it's a much trickier animal. You know the monster of the week. That's easy shit. You know the threat you can just punch your way through. Cool. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's it's easier. Right. To handle, then how do you stop Walmart? Right, and that's my... Well, you find the mirror in the back and you break the man inside it. <clears throat> South, South Park gave us the hints. <laughs> I... <laughs> Fine. <laughs> the last South Park I remember was the, the Christmas story Cartman wrote where Stan was impregnated by woodland animals in a blood orgy to Satan. That's a real episode. <laughs> I know it is, that's why I left. And it was also like 20 years ago. <laughs> I was going to say, well, the one I remember. Aren't they all about? Uh, it's still on the air, still man. Air. Yeah, there's still more episodes. No, the last one it I is, watched was probably it? Y2K. There you go. <laughs> I think 2002 or something was mine. No, two years before first for me. Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> but we have those ideas. We built the world. I, I think we gave I think we gave you a everyone a really good idea of how to do it and a good head start at least i hope so yeah i mean and honestly we have these ideas and we've heard this a couple times with like the, our patreon stuff and our postmortems. you guys want to use these ideas if yeah, i can use them use them like we what? are giving full permission that's why we do this on air right yeah we just we just built a cold cairn right here like go for it yeah, yeah. absolutely you if a storyteller out there is not sure what to do, and you want to use every single detail we just gave you... Sept of the Silken Veil, by the way. Gross. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. What do you mean, gross? I mean, come on, man. You, you know, I, I don't know why I picked spiders, because all the visual of it is just like, I hate it. Well, again, I just thought you it would picked be cool. it. You it's picked your fault. I just, I just think about the fact that there's like spiders everywhere. Again, you picked it. Your weird <laughs> thing of weather is spiders. Fine. Yeah. Now, where the well, fuck yeah, you live that it's spiders outside? Here's ten spiders just, like, perched on your shoulder wanting to tell you about, I don't know, the secrets of the planet. I mean, I've, I've heard of getting spiders. Uh-huh. It, it, it's like hives, but it's tiny spider eggs under the skin. Oh, gross. Yeah. I don't... Why would you say that? I think it's just a thing. You know, like, you know, it gives me hives, it gives me spiders. Now you know what that means. Enjoy that visual. I could have I could have gone my whole life and not known that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Good to have you on, TC. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's a thing to think about when I go to bed. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Shit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Happy Halloween. But, yeah. to the silken thread. Well done. Or so silken veil. That's what I said. Yes. Yeah. Silken. Yeah, silken veil. No, I like it. I like it. It's yeah. great. So, again, we, we give these ideas out. You don't have to use all of them. You don't have to use any of them. But, like, they're ideas. And that's kind of one of the reasons we built this podcast is, is ideas for everyone to listen to. Right. Go, run with them. We love... And if you do, let us know about it. Because yeah, because we'd like to hear, hear it. it. Yeah. I mean, just don't publish something without my, with my shit. That's all I ask. <laughs> there you go. I made that shit, not you. You don't make money off that. <laughs> and, and it's on air now, so now we have proof. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah. By all means, you know we're. I'm not insulted if you're listening to the postmortems of my stories and going, "I want to use that, 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 and that," or "I want to take that whole story and see what my pack does." Fucking yeah, We'd I'm love, honored. I'd, I'd love to hear about exactly. it. Exactly, we, we would be honored for that to happen. We would love to hear about it. So use use what we have given you. However, I think that is about. I mean, we could probably go on all day with more ideas and more world building, but. Unfortunately, I would build an entire state if given the time. <laughs> well, we, we call it Portoria. <laughs> um, 
That works. That works. Or, or Starbucks land, if we're keeping I, the story going. I don't going. think he got it. Starbucks land? I don't think he got it. <laughs> Portoria here. Yeah, Portoria. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we built you a world. Take it. Run. Yep. And, you know, uh, or don't, and use these. Use what we gave you to make your own. Great but ideas. Do you have the tools? Fucking go to it. In the meantime, though, it is, uh, it's about that time for us. So, uh, TC, thanks for joining us again. Oh, thanks! Thanks for having me again. Oh, uh, I love these discussions; they're fantastic. Absolutely, anytime. Yeah. And uh, we got to get you back on here and get that race to, with Grant. Yeah, that's right. We're gonna make we're gonna make that a thing. We're gonna instigate until you two hate each other and like fight. You know, we're gonna put that shit on pay per view. Maybe. I feel like you win. <laughs> I feel like I'll win all the way to the bank. <laughs> 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 That's no matter it. who loses this fight, it's good for me. That's right. <laughs> so, that, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. You know, on behalf of our, our dear friend TC here, Danny Tyson, and myself, I want to say thank you for listening. We hope to see you next week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Keep your claws sharp, your head on a swivel. Take it easy.